Welcome back to Legacy Builders, everybody. We've got some super special guests on today. We've got my aunt and uncle on here. Um, aunt Tammy and Uncle Nick is what I refer to them as. Um, but I'm super excited to get into this conversation. And my dad's been able to build a relationship too with them. And so anything you want to add about them? No, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, so so Tammy is my wife, Jody's uh, sister. So these are my in-laws. And it's uh, it's really awesome that in-laws, that we have a good relationship. There's a lot of in-laws that don't have such a good relationship. And so I'm just, I'm just appreciative of the friendship and relationship that we have with Nick and Tammy. And they're just awesome parents. They're awesome people. And uh, you're going to hear some of their story today and um, just learn about legacy. And so we're, we're thank, thank you guys for being on and, and taking time out to share some of your wisdom with, uh, with us. Well, yep. thanks for having us. Yeah, we're glad to be here. So um, I guess start us off, just tell, tell uh, our listeners a little bit about you guys, you know, who you are, your family, and then kind of transition into your background, you know, maybe where, you know, how you grew up and, and such. Okay, let me start. Sure. Okay, so I'm Tammy Dolphins and Madison's aunt and Eric's sister-in-law. I am Jody's, uh, one of her younger siblings. Jody's the oldest of five, and um, so I am one of the younger siblings. Um, we, Nick and I live here in Papillion, Nebraska. We grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, we live here in Papillion, grew up in Ralston, which is where Madison grew up also, and attended high school there. And um, Right now, we have three boys that we're raising um, here at home. We have um, our son, Sam. He's 13 years old. Luke is 11. And Will, or William, is eight years old. And so they definitely keep us on our toes. Um, I work as a physician assistant. I also coach um, our kids in gymnastics and um, have started helping coach diving, which is something we'll get into a little bit um, later on um, as far as part of my background. Um, my background growing up was playing a lot of sports and being involved with everything possible, which I have kind of carried on um, into my adult life too. Um, just continuing to be involved in the community with our church, with volunteering at school, um, coaching the kids, and then trying to balance that with work and family life. Yep. Nick, how about you? Yeah, so Tammy and I have been married for 17 years. Uh, started dating in college, but knew each other in high school. Um, I have been in the home building industry since then and also have coached and done a lot of a playing catch and being the neighborhood dad out there organizing games of football and baseball with all the kids and um, campouts in the backyard. We just really feel blessed to live in a neighborhood with a lot of kids everywhere. So it's a fun place to grow up and uh, we're very busy, but for good, good reasons and we feel blessed. Yeah, it's great. As Aunt Tammy, as you uh, mentioned, you have four other siblings. Um, why don't you guys go into a little bit about like your growing up story, like what that looked like having four other siblings and Uncle Nick, I know you were really close with your family. So if you guys want to kind of just go in about what what that looked like for you. Sure. Yeah, I think what you'll find out is our upbringings were very similar in values, but just very different experiences, I think, and the, your siblings, I think, play a huge role in that, not only the number of siblings, but whether you have, you know, sisters or brothers or things, and um, I was fortunate to come from a family of five kids, and um, four, I'm fourth out of five, 
And so those of you that maybe have come from a larger family, you kind of always feel like you're not the oldest, you're not the youngest, you're not even really the middle, <laughs> you're just kind of a number. And so I've, that's always been part of my growing up is that I was always kind of just the fourth out of five. I had two sisters and two brothers. Um, I think coming from that large family really shaped who I am um, now as an adult and as a young person. I think when you fit into that role and, and part of our family life growing up too, we were a very, um, very active family. We were, um, we played a lot of sports. We, um, with that, we were also very competitive personalities, I would say. And so when you talk about stories from growing up, a lot of times it is, you know, has to do with some type of um, interaction with somebody where you were basically trying to win or trying to be better or trying to, you know, you know, beat out your sibling for whatever it was that, you know, you were fighting over something. And, and so a lot of those stories and lessons, I think, come from uh, learning to work with people and, and dealing, dealing with multiple personalities of, you know, everybody has their own different personalities. And so, you know, my story, I guess, from growing up is, is I just felt like I was very independent. I felt it was, there was a lot of busyness around me with having four siblings and all of us playing a number of sports and doing all sorts of activities. Everybody was on the go different places. And I always just felt like I had to just step up and, and make things happen. You know, if I, I wasn't one to just sit back and wait for someone to either wait on me or bring me something or ask me how I was doing. It was just always, Hey, this is, you know, if you want to do it, you got to do it for yourself. And, um, and so I just felt like I established a, a strong independence. And I think also with that kind of built confidence with, with who I am and the decisions that I've made, um, because you just, you were, you were not really just a number, but you were just kind of part of the crowd. And, and with, if you wanted to stand out, you had to decide to make that happen on your own. Mm. Yep. And my experience, like I said, uh, Tammy said it well, we had very similar values within our two families, but the upbringing was different. Um, I had two younger sisters. Uh, one is two years younger than me, one's five. And so I, we had a pretty quiet house. <laughs> I, you know, we, I was not in a neighborhood with uh, 39 kids like my kids are. Um, so, you know, I had a friend down the street and a friend up the street and um you would know, have a friend over and I liked I liked sports I played baseball um a lot and you know played in basketball growing up and did some other things but um I like to draw I mean we we were at home a lot we traveled a lot we always went out to my grandparents farm uh, especially in the fall because it was hunting season and my grandparents two birthdays so um yeah it was, it was different it wasn't um but it was similar in the fact, like, my, my parents didn't hover and dote on us, you know, like you do see sometimes nowadays. So I think it was um, because my parents were from big families. My dad had eight kids in his family. My mom had six. I think because of the way they were raised, um, they didn't hover over us or micromanage us or, or um, you know, it was just kind of a kids need to be uh, behaved and, you know, I need to know where you're at. And that was about it. So. And I think I just want to add one thing I find like, is that relationship building with your siblings and within your family, I think 
you know, looking back at the way that we were raised differently with Nick having more of a, a quiet home where his sisters played together and Nick was off drawing and kind of really being independent and doing his own thing, you know, and their house being much quieter than our house. We were, you know, that there's a TV show on now called like the loud house, which is totally like looking back how I felt like our house was, it was just loud. And there was just a lot of energy. And, um, but I think looking back as an adult, the relationships that I see that Nick had, you know, with his sisters and with his parents, it was a lot more of sitting down and, and talking about things and, you know, and having, you know, just a little more downtime and a little more quiet time where you could, you know, really listen to one another and, and discuss things. Whereas I felt like, you know, in our home growing up, it was so busy and, and there was, it was loud, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, you didn't really ever sit down and have really these meaningful discussions with one another but you showed your love differently. You know, you showed your love for your siblings by supporting them in their activities and cheering for them and being proud of them for their accomplishments. And, you know, and that's how you showed your love. You know, you didn't necessarily say it like I would see in Nick's family. You know, they were so much more comfortable speaking love and, and speaking about relationships. And that was, you know, not something we necessarily did, but you just knew, you knew that everybody loved each other and you knew that they cared about each other because they were, they were there for you and they would push you, you know, and they would encourage you to, to be better. Well, one thing too, um, Tammy always tells a story, you know, when I was in high school, my, and Tammy would be over or a group of friends or college or whatever it was, but, um, like what my sisters would go to bed and we'd say, well, love you at night. And it, it about made her fall out of her chair. <laughs> hug his little sisters sibling. and tell them good night. I, I don't know if I hugged them. Well, we, we definitely. <laughs> well, I tell you what, though, it's, it's um, that that there's a legacy. My cousin Nikki, she passed away in high school, and she was a year younger than me. She had a brain tumor, and and that going through that as a family with my dad's eight, you know, seven brothers and sisters. I mean that that changed our family. And, and um, the sadness was temporary, but the, the long term of it was we were a much closer family mm. because you don't know when, you know, you don't know if you're going to have somebody for another year or so. So uh, that's when, yeah, every time anybody left any gathering, you'd hug them and say you love them. And um, my Aunt Terry still does that. So that those things are you know really rough but it can really um you know it can make somebody outside your family really notice the strength mm -hmm. yeah that's powerful so with with that said so you know this is a you know, tammy just explained kind of this high energy family nick you know this you know more uh, emotional demonstrating calm you know now you guys get married and, you know, I think, how, how does, what does that look like? Cause I have seen, I have seen where you guys have, if, if you're on opposite ends, I have seen, you know, for example, Tammy coming this way and Nick coming a kind of a meeting in the middle. So this is very, you know, awesome. What you guys have, have developed in your relationship and example. And, but, but it wasn't easy at first. Tell us, you know, how, what did that look like in the beginning? You're talking about this, you know, the differences, but you're still going to start to mm -hmm. merge this together. What, you know, what were some of those conversations like? What were some of the challenges? What, how, how did you get where you are today? Yeah, I, you know, I think it is easy until you have kids. Mm. And that's, that's really when I noticed separation. And, you know, um, you know, any marriage and relationship does have a honeymoon period where you don't, 
see anybody's faults and everything, you know, is eye to eye all the time. And then you do, you just get past that and you start noticing the personality differences. And I always joke, opposites do attract. If somebody knows Tammy and they know me, we, I think we are the very good example of opposite personalities that attract. But if you look at that as a strength for your household or a strength for your relationship, you know, Tammy is a go-getter and, um, you know, doesn't turn any opportunity down. And that's helped me, you know, and that's helped me be a business owner. And it's helped me um, be encouraged to go coach and and do a lot of things that, you know, I probably would have done those anyway, but um, it really helps you know, you have a solid um, person backing up your decisions and, and picking up things because you're, you're busy, um, you know, going and accomplishing what you want to accomplish. So, and there, there has been times where we just agree that we look at things differently. You know, I think you just having that maturity in your relationship of, yeah, Tammy, I just don't agree with you on this. And and we just kind of have to leave it there and um, vice versa. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is 50, 50. Yeah. And I mean, when you asked you kind of what the discussions are like, you know, one of we've been married for 17 years, you know, and I, and I feel like, yeah, it's, it, the discussions change all the time, you know, and they always just change based on that stage of life that you're in and you're faced with, you know, when you're first married, there's that honeymoon period of, you know, it's just like you're dating, but now you're living together and you share a bank account, you know, and you're, you know, you finally, you're, you're starting to, see a little bit more into the future as to, oh, this is like, you know, a not to say like, you know, you're getting into a long-term relationship when you get married, but I think the realization after you've lived right. together for, you know, a year or two, and then you've, you know, bought a house together, and then you had to get a new car, and then you had to like decide, you know, how much <coughs> you wanted, money you want to put into savings, or, you know, all those those bigger decisions that you realize you're doing together, I think you don't realize how different you are until you're forced to make those decisions. And, and I think the, you know, the discussions have evolved over the years too. And it has taken us 17 years. I mean, we're still not perfect at it. I mean, there's still a lot of times that we disagree and we have to acknowledge that we are, you know, we have a different perspective on things. You know, he sees something differently than I see it. And it's not ever about trying to change that person or change that person's viewpoint. You know, I think it's really, you have to understand where they're coming from, you know, and what their background and their experiences and, you know, what their history is, why they might see something that way. So yeah, the discussions, you know, we always would pride ourselves that we really don't, we really don't have arguments, you know, and it sounds cheesy to be like, oh, we don't argue, you know, but we we don't, we, I mean, we disagree on things, you know, and I would say there's times where it's more of a disagreement than other times, but a high level conversation. Yeah, but it's like you, you, you have to want, you know, at some point you have to decide it's not about the issue itself. It's about your perceptions, you know, and, and your experiences that you've had in the past really make you look at things differently and you just have to figure out what works and sometimes what works is agreeing to disagree on something and and decide what's best if it involves the kids or if it involves a business decision or the house you know or the yard I mean something silly like that but sometimes you're like well that's if it's that important to you for these reasons then okay you know well that's fine 
Yeah. That's why yeah. Nick has his garden. When people yeah. are like, you guys have a great garden. I'm like, that's Nick's garden. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's no doesn't look nice a lot of times. That's fine. Yeah. Fine. They're so powerful. I mean, if, if most people early on in their relationships understood understood that, it, they'd be a lot more um, longer lasting relationships, I think, I agree. in my opinion. So that's I, I, what I would want young couples to know in our family or yours is um, I think just the, the more transparent you can be with anybody in your life the better mm. you know people get pretty guarded and i think that's human nature but i've learned professionally kind of you know the role as running a home building company you're often an arbitrator and trying to dissolve high tension type conversations high level conversations <laughs> yeah and i think if you just break it down and really explain to somebody hey i get i get why you would think that but i'm i'm just going to tell you honestly and transparently why I think what I think and then you just realize like Tammy just said people are just looking at something from a different angle you know it's the whole you know, there's a, a car accident and four people have four different descriptions of what happened I mean that's just how the world works so just being super transparent and open and honest with your view of things has really helped me that's so good. And correct. So correct me if I'm wrong on this, but because I was young, but you guys waited to have kids and you didn't want to have them right away. Is that right? Yeah, we waited uh, four years with Sam. Yeah, about four, about three and a half, mm -hmm. three and a half, four years. Yeah. And so. in that time, you kind of traveled and just like kind of figured out who you guys were as a couple. Um, at least that's what I remember from when I was young. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, we, um, you know, I think part of, you know, one of the things too, is we both, and people, I say nowadays, like we're super old, but like, well, we but I mean, we got married when we were 24, which I think was pretty much the norm then, you know, and I think, you know, while most people are waiting longer to get married until their late 20s or even 30s, you know, they really have a well-established career and they've just kind of lived on their own for quite some time. Well, we really hadn't done that, you know, other than going to college. And I went, I went to grad school and Nick went um, into the workforce after college, you know, but he still actually lived at home, you know, while he was working before we got married. And so we both kind of, we didn't really have these grand independent lives that we had gone off and, and lived independently, but, but we did that together. You know, we wanted to go experience that and kind of experience being on our own as as a couple and so we did that those first few years of of being married and now that we have kids we look back and we're like what did we what did we even do with our time like we had so much time <laughs> we paid off loans yeah <laughs> paid off student loans yeah no, no, was, no, oh go ahead no i think too uh it was nice we'd known each other and been dating since we were 19 so to have that time as adults and married people, it was nice. I mean, and I, I don't, I don't fault anybody for how they choose to do that, but that felt right for us. Um, and those were good years. And uh, I mean, I, we, we've, I have said this over and over. I, gosh, I've loved every like phase of our marriage and, and everyone's kind of tough. Cause it kind of, you'd have to like reinvent yourself, right? Like 
hey, I've never been a parent and Sam's coming. And that kind of freaked me out, honestly. Tam Tammy was ready, but I, I'm me a little more reflective of a person and uh, I probably overthink stuff internally. And uh, yeah, that, I mean, that was a big thing as I think it should be for anybody. But then, you know, uh, we're in the point now where the kids kind of are way more independent and don't really need you hanging out with them constantly. So you're just constantly learning a new phase of life. So that that's fun. It's fun when you look at what's good about each phase of life. And that that phase before we had kids was was neat to be go through with Tammy. Nice. So um, now here you are. You you know you've grown up. You've gone through those phases, right? Now you've yeah you have kids and. Uh, let's talk about legacy a little bit. So Madison and I, and, and lots of times in our conversations, you know, we, we started, you know, people don't just grow up and be like, oh, we're going to start building a legacy now. And so one of the things that we've just discovered over the last couple of years, and I don't think this is new really to anybody, but I think um, we're at this point in time, um, for, for whoever listens to these videos down the road, we are going through what was known as the COVID season. And I think um, it's really helped us reflect how busy we were and how, how, how out of focus we've gotten on family. And so um, I, when I talk to a lot of people, like, yeah, we need to, we need to really get back to these values and, and focus on family and not just family, but the next generation. And so Madison and I would just talk and, and that's why we started the Legacy Builders. We, we just want to help the next generation. There's things that I have learned that I want to pass on to the next generation. And that's what we want to hear from you guys. So as you know talking about legacy what are some of these values that you have learned um I, I know you guys and you can maybe share the story you guys have made some trips or read books i don't i don't remember exactly the story about some things that you've learned um about your your history your family history and some of the legacy things that you've talked about and then we'll get into some lessons later but some traveling i guess you guys have done some traveling learned about learned about some of your history share with us a little bit about that yeah, I'll start with yeah. our first trip, which has transitioned into another one that Nick ended up taking with his parents. But um, we actually took a trip um, about four years ago, four, almost four and a half years ago, um, to the Czech Republic. Um, our, my heritage, my dad's mom, um, her parents were Czech um, or Bohunk, Bohemian at the time when they came over um, to the United States. And um, what mostly sparked our interest in learning our history relates to food. It sounds kind of silly, but um, one of the things with my grandma B, um, who Mary Berndt, was that she would always bring over baked goods. She would bring kolaches and strudels and stuffed zucchinis and stuffed peppers and would have all these um, traditional things that, that when we heard those words or we saw that food, um, it thought it made us think of her, you know, and since she has passed away, you know, it makes you think of her even more when you notice it. And you're like, oh man, I really, you know, I miss, I miss when she used to bring those over. And, and we would have these stories about, you know, who could eat the most kolaches, you know, and again, coming from the competitive <laughs> it's like you know that's what you remember about the kolaches is you know how quickly everyone would eat them and how you would like hoard them and protect them and try to not let people steal your kolaches that you wanted and and it was just such a fun memory that I had that I wanted to try to bake some of the things that she that she had made and there were there were no recipes you know and she even I remember baking with her before she passed away and I would try to 
write down the recipes and I would ask her about them and she'd say, oh, there's no recipe. You know, you just, you know, the, the recipe for cooking kolaches or baking kolaches was you buy plums when they're on sale and then you bake them until they're done. Like, if you remember asking, you're like, well, what's the temperature on the oven? You know, is it 325? Like, it's whatever your oven needs. <laughs> how long how long do you bake them like 20 minutes 40 minutes well, you just bake them till they're done you, know, so you buy plums on sale and you bake them till they're done so it was that honestly like motivated me to want to learn more about like I love this I love that there's no written there's no written history you know and you have to dive in and you have to have the conversations and you have to ask the questions like what you guys are doing with this podcast. You know, there's not necessarily a written history. You have to talk about it and have the conversations. So, you know, that, that was fun as far as motivating us um, to start researching that bohemian side. And Nick really got into cooking and I'll let him talk about his um, side um, of the family, but he loves, um, he's a great cook, um, especially like in the winter because he likes to make these uh, chicken dishes. And so he got this um, Belgian cookbook, you know, this original Belgian, because part of his family's um, from Belgium and, and started researching all these recipes. So I would honestly say that the food and trying to like, he would find these authentic old world recipes. And then it was fun. We would read about like, well, you know, why did they use leeks, you know, or why were, you know, these root vegetables always used? And then you further learn that history. So that's a long segment about food, but that's what motivated us to want to learn more about our history because it's just, it's not written down other than recipes and cookbooks. And so four or five years ago, we went to the Czech Republic um, and we got this great deal on this, this super affordable trip. And we thought since we're, since we're getting such a great deal, let's spend a little money and do a little ancestry research before we go. And so we were able to hire somebody to go into the libraries and, and do a little bit of research for us and then actually drive us around and be a driver to go to these oh, nice. villages um, outside of Prague and take us to visit some different locations where our ancestors had been born and lived. And the neat thing in Europe is, you know, families live in the same home and it's just passed on and passed on just like your your podcast just like your uh, episode you had with with my parents talking about that home and and passing along the generation to generation and so it was really cool to know that multiple generations had lived in the same home and we actually had an address to a home because of some letters that my grandma had kept and so we went to that home knocked on the door and we had a conversation with this woman who is actually our cousin a true wow. biologic cousin our great grandmothers were sisters um and so you know it's just it's really fun to learn the history and um and be able to well like we said when you have disagreements and you want to understand where someone's coming from you know and thinking about why would they make this decision you know why would our family develop this tradition or have this type of legacy and if you learn more about the history and the times that they lived in and to actually see the places that they lived was was fabulous it was really really cool so so in that mode nick actually ended up taking a trip a year or so later right yep to crack out with my parents mm. and you know i don't know if you're done i'm i'm done for you. but um I don't, what made me interested in family history was the food. Yeah, was for sure the food. But also when I started having kids, 
when we started having kids. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, it just really, I really became interested in lineage, you know, like the legacy builders, like you, you're, you're not the bottom of a family tree anymore. Right. So it really makes you look at the world differently. And I, you know, kind of the, the premise of what you're doing on this podcast, I really got into all of that. So, um, you know, it was interesting for me to find out um, the Polish side of my family. They sent their sons when they were 14. One, my great grandpa was 14 and they sent him to America and nobody ever saw him again in Poland because the war was happening and it was horrific. And they were just trying to like save their kids' lives because uh, the poor people got drafted weird. Your number always got picked when you didn't have money to go fight in these wars. And if, you know, learning about your family history and other family members who are interested in that, I just think there's so much um, more appreciation for how you got here, if you know that type of information. And uh, all families have stories like that. So um, it just makes you appreciate it. Both of my families um, were really, really um, full of faith, which I was always appreciated. Um, and I think going through experiences like that makes you rely on your faith. So that helped me understand that more. Um, so that was really neat. And uh, the next thing, the concept I always found interesting is like, I think we're for most families, the last generation that is going to say, yeah, we're like, I'm Belgium and Polish. My kids have so many different nationalities. And then with, you know, Tammy's mom being adopted, there's a little unknown. Like they're, I think that generation is gonna often say, yeah, they're American. Now the Dolphins family is a Belgian name, but like if Luke's asked by his spouse someday, I mean, is he gonna list seven different nationalities? Probably not. Mm -hmm. So it is neat to make sure they have some of that heritage and they know a couple words in Czech and they know uh, kolaches are important to our family. And they, I like that we know the two towns the Dolphins families are from because you can really lose that if a family doesn't focus on it. And that that's where these family values came from mm. and the stories that created those family values. So it's important to me. I, I feel... I kind of feel bad for people that don't think that's important just because I, I think there's so much value there for kids to know where they came from. I think heritage wise too, like what Nick said, you know, you get, it gets so diluted when you have all these different nationalities and while you want to give time to all of them, I think sometimes it's difficult to really give the time to all of them. But if you can embrace one of those cultures that really resonates with you, you know, and that kind of becomes your identity. You know, like Nick said, you know, when, when our kids are married, what are they going to say? Like, oh, I'm Belgian or I'm Czech or I'm Danish or I'm, you know, what it's, the concept doesn't really exist anymore. I think that you, you know, really identify. And I, and I think if you can just embrace one of them and, and it's whatever resonates the most with you, I think it doesn't have to be all of them, you know, and I find, I love learning, you know, about the history of the, of Czechoslovakia and, and learning about that Bohemian history. Whereas I have a cousin, Jeff, um, who's very fascinated with the Danish and the Viking history. And so he's really done a bunch of research in that area. And then Nick loves the, the Belgian and the Polish, you know, mm -hmm. I think, and, and, um, 
yeah so it's it's just fun to embrace that and then i think you see those values in the cultures of people that came here and i think that's where you think like look at how brave these people were or how hardy and how tough looking at the amount of bohemians and and polish people who settled in the midwest you know in the harshest of climates and the harshest of lands and what made them you know survive and what made them want to do it and i think it's they have that grit and that stick-to-itiveness where now we don't have to go out there and turn the prairie into fertile land right but you can show those uh you can show those skills by participating in sports and activities or you know exceed success succeed or enjoying gardening or, enjoying gardening. <laughs> <laughs> or you know succeeding and kind of pushing yourself because you are a hard worker and you have that ingrained in you you know i think part of it is there's that nature versus nurture you know you you can raise kids you can raise kids to you can raise them to be however you want i mean you're you you have the power to you know give that nurture of what you want them to find important but there's also a, a source of nature that you know, works in conjunction with that, you know, nurture and the, the things and the lessons you're teaching them for them to be successful in life, whatever they choose. Yeah, those are such, such amazing points. Just like, I mean, to even for my generation and beyond to not lose that history and to not lose that, that culture side of thing. I love that you guys are doing that. I think that's so, so cool. And Uncle Nick, I know you've, um, mentioned that you started like a journal to actually pass that down to your boys and keep some of the of what you're learning and stuff today talk talk to us about how that started and how that cultivated yeah that started just oh, is it one journal no i have probably 57 <laughs> journals oh, really? laying all over the house everywhere. <laughs> in my truck everywhere wow Keeps a lot of notebook, which is awesome. I'll let you go. Yeah, you know, and I don't have it organized. I don't. I just, if I think of something that I don't want to lose, I write it down. And I'm, it's not, you know, chronological or anything. I've tried to organize them over the years and I just admit defeat. And I think I'll do that someday. I have a lot of more time on my hands, like Lon and Jean have. This is where our personalities are so different. I think. Right. He's able to just just write and record and document and it doesn't matter the order. It doesn't matter the Whereas for me, I have a hard time getting something done if it's not exactly perfect, you know, how I yeah. how I want it. But but tell them about Tammy's been given journals and it's like anxiety producing for her. <laughs> they, they all have two sentences in the first page. <laughs> But, so I just, I kind of got to the point where I'm just going to write something down when I don't want to forget it for future generations. And uh, if it's at Thanksgiving and I see my dad's uncle who's in his late 80s and he tells me something about him himself growing up, I write it down right away when I get home. Um, just to have, you know, those stories are lost. They, they will absolutely get lost if somebody's not um, keeping those records. So I'm pretty unofficial about it. I just, you know, date, you know, who I heard it from and why he's relevant. And, um, you know, I, I journal about things we're going through as a family. And uh, mainly, you know, what, what caused me to do that, my grandma Rose, who's 92 and gonna be 93 in two weeks. She lives out on the farm in Iowa and um, 
she has written two or three sentences every single day for about 60 some years. And so you go out to the farm and she has these stacks of ring notebooks and it's just a subject notebook like you would have in school. And it talks about, you know, who came out to the farm that day. And there's always a little note about the weather. She took uh, lunch to grandpa and uncle Dwayne and um, they had a field lunch because harvest was going well. And like, those don't seem significant in the moment at all. But uh, my aunt typed them all up one day. So we all got two volumes on those big spiral binding notebooks. And uh, it was like all of little family memories of 40 years of my mom growing up. So wow. I just, that made me think, gosh, if you could leave your, you know, and if your kids think that's great, who knows? But I, I if I had that from my grandpa dolphins, I would have loved that. So I just thought, you know, maybe down the road, somebody will think this is interesting to look through. And it's, you know, it's not self-serving. I don't write a ton about myself, but just it's neat to have a bunch of stories from the family. Yeah. So you, you learn this from your, you learn this from your ancestors, or did you also read about this in a book? Me and Madison. You right. had to bring that up. <laughs> you, talked about, to... you talked about this competitiveness, so Madison and I are going to expose. Oh yeah, our competitiveness. Well, there was a book I read too. Is this? I uh, looked up this. Both... Yeah, I probably told you this. So there's this. Uh, we know the two towns in Belgium that my the Dolphins family are from, and it, I mean these are tiny little towns. So I I like to read, and I was looking up. Are there any books? from this area that are like famous because I just wanted to learn more about this part of the world and there really there isn't like <laughs> they, these towns you just like you just would like get taken over by a new country every five years like that's the history of this part of the world so but there was one book where a guy received all the journals from his grandpa and he's a professor in Belgium and he didn't even look at him he left him in a box for like 30 years because he knew once he started re reading through this that it'd be like all consuming so he took all of his grandpa's journal entries and a lot of them were from World War One when he was in the trenches and he wrote a book about his grandpa's life based just from the journal entries so I I read that and I thought it was super super cool so I had already been journaling when I read that, but it it definitely re uh, re upped my took it to the next level. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, thank you for so, clarifying yeah. that. So now that, we're both right. We're both right. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were rehearsing, and we got to this point. We're like, I think I think Nick learned this from his his ancestors. She like, no, I'm pretty sure. I'm like 99% sure that he read this book. I'm like, well, I'm well, 99. You, so like, well, I appreciate the competitive juices in your yeah, family. Matt and I are very highly competitive. We, we like the same thing. Yeah. So we're, we're glad to know that we're both right. <laughs> good. Good for you guys. I'm glad because otherwise this might have been very awkward. I think that gave him the permission to have multiple notebooks everywhere in the house and yeah. in his truck and in his office. Did because... you or you just admitted defeat at some point? Yeah. Like, this is something I'm going to have to deal with. Yeah. But I'll benefit. 
you know, I, I love it. I do. I tease him all the time about it because it. Honestly, I have one right here with all my notes. It's, it's it. a little ridiculous. Not my notes from the podcast. <laughs> but it is, it's fun. It, it will be fun to look back on. And it is, it's those little things and those little moments that I'm too busy to stop and really pay attention to um, just because I'm stuck in the busyness of the way I was raised was always busy and always on the go. And I have carried that into my adulthood and, and getting things done and getting it done efficiently, you know, that I'm more interested in the efficiency and the organization of things than really being more reflective and, and thinking about things. And that's why we make a good pair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I am, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Bye. I was going to say, I am curious too, like, um, so you are a mom, a coach now, a PA, like help Uncle Nick manage his business. Like how, how do you manage all that? Like in the busyness and stuff, like what have you learned from that, from managing that? Um, well, and can I add on one more thing? Because one of the things that especially speak to young, young women, Madison, young, age, moms. Because young moms, young women, because Coming, out, I, I see this pattern right now that these young women specifically coming out of college and think that they have to have their whole life is all perfect right now and they have to have it all together. Mm-hmm. And what you know, now here you are, probably thought that same thing, mm-hmm. and now here you are 17 years later, married. Mm-hmm. You know, what how does reflecting back on that speak to the women? How are you how have you managed all that, you know, to this point? Um, and yeah. and reflect yeah. back, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was me. I mean, I was, everything was planned out. I, you know, it was organized. It was, you know, I, if, if it wasn't planned out, if it wasn't, we hadn't talked about it, it wasn't going to happen. You know, I needed, you know, plenty of time to make sure it fit into everything just perfectly. And, and honestly, I think um, for probably my first eight years, probably seven to eight years, things were running on that path of, you know, I was in grad school and graduated as a physician assistant and we got married. And then I worked for, you know, three years as a a PA, I worked in uh, pediatric cardiology and, you know, really established myself in that area of medicine and then had a baby. And, um, but because I established myself in that area of medicine, I started doing a lot of teaching and, um, speaking at conferences and traveling. And I, um, got involved in national organizations and I continued my pattern of, of do everything and, and do it all. And I think, um, you know, the opportunities arise for a reason, you know, I think things come up and, and you have to not be afraid to take risks and, and try new things, even if it maybe doesn't fit into that perfect little box. Um, I ended up leaving um, my job in clinical medicine to go do some teaching, um, some full-time academic medicine for a while. At the same time, I was balancing having two children and all of my, um, all of my involvement and, and everything. And I got really good at scheduling. Um, I got really good at organizing and coordinating. Um, and really it was between having our second and our third child when you, I kind of had that reflective time of really stepping back and saying, you know, I'm meeting all of my goals. I'm accomplishing all these things. And it's so exciting to be able to do all of this stuff, but you know, am I missing, you know, what am I missing here? You know, and I think a lot of it was we, I was getting caught up in the busyness of things, you know, and I was seeing Nick trying to be more reflective in things. And I think that's a time where you step back and you say, 
you know, is this really the lifestyle that we want? It may be what I planned out and thought that I wanted. Um, but that's when, I mean, somewhere around after we had three kids, when it, when it got really, you know, busy is when I ended up stepping back from my full-time work and started working in more of a part-time role, which again, you learn from that also. I honestly think working part-time, I became more busy than when I was working in just one single full-time job because I don't know how to be unbusy. And, and so I would say, oh, I have all this time. I'll volunteer at the school and sure, I'll help with the coaching and, and you know, Nick's business side of things needed, you know, a little extra, just some extra manpower there. And oh, sure, I can help do that. And finally, you find yourself spread so thin, you know, that that one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older and have continued to want to be the go-getter and want to be the one that accomplishes everything and can prove to everyone that I can do it. You know, I think I've stepped, I've been able to reflect and say, you know, look, um, I, I do a really good job at a lot of things, but I'm still only able to do it about, you know, 85%. What if I could do fewer things and put my whole heart into it and give 110%, you know? And, and so I think in the last, what is it, three years now? I'd say the last three years, we've- Getting better over the last three years. <laughs> we've, but we've also made the conscious decision that our family is growing and um, they're growing up, you know, they're growing up quickly. And that time is not forever. You know, you don't have these kids at home um, forever. You know, they grow up and, and go away and, and you have to instill those values in that time and, and make the time for that. And so in the last few years, we've changed our um, lifestyle a little bit more to where I'm still doing lots of things, coaching and, and PA and volunteering. And, um, but I'm doing it, um, at a lesser extent, not really lesser, but I've, I've put family as, as on the top tier rather than my career, rather than my involvement. And, and instead of just trying to prove to everybody that I can do, do a good job at everything, like it's, it's more of Sure, I can do those things, but I want to do a really good job at, at parenting my kids right now. And I also want to do a good job at, at our relationship, because as your kids get older and as you get busy with your work, you know, you still have to give time to your relationship, you know, and, and I think you have to make that conscious effort to do it. And, and so, yeah, I do tend to get stuck in the busyness of life. And um, Nick has been an amazing balance for me to really bring me down to earth and, and say, you know, look, it's okay. It's, you don't have to have every piece of laundry folded, you know, in order to relax, you know, or you don't have to, you know, work all weekend on Saturday and Sunday, if you're making a PowerPoint or on a presentation or something, you know, it's, you need to have boundaries. And so I think becoming, you know, a mother of older kids and learning to balance that, I think it's just setting boundaries and, and creating priorities you know, you just kind of find, you know, it took a lot of years to get there. You know, not everything can be number one priority. Like I was coming out of college and grad school and even, you know, having babies and raising kids, you're trying to do everything perfectly, you know, and, and it's okay to not be perfect, you know, and it's okay to, it's okay to try something that you might, you don't know how it's going to go, you know, and, and to kind of accept that. So, well, thank you so much for that, Aunt Tammy, really. I mean, coming from somebody who does try, also tries to uh, do a lot and involve myself in so much like that, that means a lot coming from you. 
And so I just wanted to thank you for that. And so now, Nick, tell, tell us about, so in, you know, in, in this, you know, how, how, what is it like to, you know, with a highly um, competitive, um, motivated self-starter, you know, high energy wife, you know, and you're not as, <laughs> you're more laid back. What is that? And, and not, not just yeah. laid back, but it's not to mean that you're not successful because you've started, you, you're involved in a construction company. You have, you started right. another company recently. And so it's not to say that that you're you don't have goals and you're doing some stuff. It's right. just your your demeanor and your um, you know fierce personality is different in accomplishing those goals. So what does that look like for you? And yeah. and, and I also see how you know in those in those the, the things that you guys are both doing, you're you're also in essence building a legacy for the next generation because we don't right. know which one of the boys are gonna want to be part of the businesses that you're developing or whatever yeah. you guys are developing as a family and putting together. So right. maybe, maybe speak a little bit on that. Yeah. Well, so Tammy and I both like to read, I, I would say, you know, we don't read more than anybody else I know or anything like that, but we we're always have a book going and, and I read a lot of nonfiction and a lot of them were business books. Um, and, you know, I don't think, I don't think I'm as reflective as much as like when I when I sit down and write in uh, my notebook or something like I just really really want to be intentional. That's kind of the term I keep going back to, and it's it. you know Warren Buffett has a quote of it's what you say no to that makes you successful more so than what you say yes to, and I really do believe that. You know we we can be um, flattered by people constantly wanting things from us. And like Tammy and I've had that conversation, like Tammy's like good at everything she tries right? because she'll put her heart into it. Well, at some point you can't do that every time somebody calls you on the phone, like you're going to run yourself ragged. And we have been through that a little bit in our relationship over, over the years. And uh, I think it's working now as, as good as it has. But like, what, what do you want to be known for? I, for me, I, we just both turned 40 within the last year or two here. Like, it, it makes you reconsider what you want to be known for professionally and personally. And it's just a good chance to reevaluate what's important. Like, what I want, what's important to me is not what all of my friends and colleagues think I should be doing. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what intentionally do I want to be good at? So I do, I keep notebooks everywhere. Sorry to keep talking about this, but I, I have a monthly page, my, my yearly goals, how that breaks down into monthly goals and a weekly page of, am I hitting my, my monthly goals? And it's, it's down to go painting outside with Will one time this week, play catch with Sam twice. Uh, Luke and I are going to do, you know, this, uh, tie some flies because that's special for Luke. So, uh, you know, sit down on the back porch with Tammy and have a come. If you don't, at least in my lifestyle, and at least from what I've found, if I don't live with that level of intentionality, your time is just going to get filled up with other things. So what is the most important stuff to you and your family and your career? And then make darn sure those things are getting checked off before, like we don't watch much TV. Like I, that's not important to me. Like, and we, and I have very good friends that are wonderful people and wonderful parents and they list off 
a thousand hours worth of Netflix stuff. Like I have no idea how you would even watch that much, but like, I, I don't, it just doesn't fit into my week. So, and I, I don't think I'm doing anything amazing, but I, I really do try to be intentional with how I live. And, and Nick does a great job reminding me when, when I do get caught up in the busyness of things, if we have an extra busy week or I've said yes to too many things and I have, you know, deadlines and a lot of things on my plate, he'll say, you know, how does this fit in? You know, how do these things fit into your five-year plan or your one-month plan? And I usually roll my eyes at him and I'm like, I don't want to talk about this right now, but he's, it's, he's right. I mean, he's accurate for me to really step back and be like, I know I said yes to all these things, but does it really serve a purpose? You know, and I always think he, I always think purposeful, you know, being more purposeful um, with what you're doing. And so he does a good job of, of recognizing when I do hit that stress level or, you know, overwhelmed um, of stepping back. And instead of him really, he's learned that he, he doesn't really offer like, what can I do to help? Like, because we've fallen into our he knows I do these things well, and he does these things well. So it's not so much that he needs to do something for me, but it, just his reminder usually is to be like, Hey, I know you're busy, but how is this fitting in, you know, to, so it doesn't necessarily fix the problem immediately, but it does open things up for a conversation and it, and it, and it stays in the back of your mind. All right. So, well, we're so glad you said yes to fit us into this podcast and what you guys just shared today is just super awesome. Um, Wrapping it up, Madison has one final question for you. Yeah, and I did just want to make a comment too on Uncle Nick. That's so powerful that like your oh, weekly goals so um, actually like have those like relationships like aspects mm -hmm. in them. Because we always talk about too, we're like, if you don't have goals for your relationships, then I mean, that's also an area where a lot of people forget they need to make goals. Oh. And so I just wanted to comment like that is so, so powerful. Um, even today, I, I was just working yesterday and I was just reminded because I haven't been as intentional lately on that. And I'm like, I think about my kids a lot, but I don't tell them. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, so I just sent a text to Madison just today and, and to Riley. I'm like, you know, to, so I appreciate you sharing that, too, because that's just that's a reminder to me to, to continue to be intentional again on those intangible things, those relationship goals, not just I mean, I'm highly motivated with my other goals our podcast goals or you know my construction goals you know all that stuff but th those relationship goals are key and i hope everybody listening really really caught on to that so yeah yeah i agree but to wrap up we ask all of our guests on here just um a final question and that's what is the greatest lesson you've learned so far or the best advice that you would give to the next generation coming up so Whoever wants to start, if you want to answer that. Right, or do you want to start? I can go. I'll say mine. I don't, you have more notes than I do. <laughs> Your notebook. <laughs> you know, one of the things, you know, I, I feel like my advice has evolved over the years, but in the last few years, especially in the different roles that I've been playing and um, doing a lot more teaching, um, college students and graduate students and coaching and, and working a lot more with young people, my advice I think has really evolved to just be 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 comfortable with the uncomfortable I think so much of the younger generation is people are too afraid to step out of their comfort zone everybody likes to just 
you know, be on, sit on the couch and have their social media or their gaming or their video or their, you know, couple of friends that they want to talk to, and they're not willing to volunteer to help at church or even coach a youth sports program or, you know, anything, you know, go on a podcast, you know, and, and answer questions. And I think people are too afraid of, of being uncomfortable. And I just would encourage the younger generation to just get comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's going to open up so many opportunities and doors for you. And then you just learn about yourself and you build confidence. And then each time you're a little less uncomfortable. So that's so good. So good. Uncle yeah. Nick, what about you? Yeah, my, I guess mine's a quality. And I read a good article a couple of years ago about the best thing you can leave your kids with is resilience. Uh, I remember growing up and I thought, man, you know, I'm almost an adult. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to know uh, almost everything here pretty soon. <laughs> and, like, and it was my first job I had where I went, you know, I was there with a bunch of other adults and I was the new, you know, whatever, 23 year old. And uh, it hit me pretty hard. Like these people are trying to figure stuff out just like I am. And they're way older than I am. So, I mean, it, it isn't, like you've said, Eric, you don't just arrive. You don't just have it figured out. Like, like we're all helping each other figure all of this out. So as a parent, the transparency of like normalizing the struggle, or, I mean, I really appreciate, I listened to your podcast and you talked about the, um, the foreclosure that you guys were dealing with. Like, I want my kids to know all of that stuff. And did that knock people in our family down? No. You just, you go through life and you put up with some stuff and things don't always work out the way you want, but you get to wake up the next day and start over. And that's the blessing we all have. Hopefully, you know, most of us have that, but um, that's, that's life. That's life. Getting knocked down and standing back up. And if you have resilient people and resilient kids, they're not going to be afraid to take those risks because they know they can handle it. So um, that if I had to boil it all down, I think it would be to just um, create resilience and and leave leave our family with that. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very good. Love it. Well, we want to thank you guys again just for coming on the podcast. We really, really appreciate. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for doing this. It's a it's a great neat idea, and it's just been a lot of fun to, to listen to and, and follow. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate your support. And, and again, all the wisdom and information you shared, I just, I, I know our, our listeners were really appreciate it. And uh, you like Nick, what you just said, I mean, we sharpen each other by listening to other stories and, you know, each other, you know, we go through things and we hear that, yeah, that, yeah, they went through it and they can, they're still here and they're still yeah. around. And, yep. and um, those are the great life lessons to pass on to our kids. So. Yeah. I agree. Totally agree. Well, thank you both. This has yeah. been fun. Yep. Yes. Thank y'all. Well, yeah. and thank you to everybody who's watching. We will see you next time on Legacy Builders. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Legacy Builders podcast. We'd love to hear from y'all. Go tag us on Facebook and Instagram and let us know what your biggest takeaway from today's episode was. 